all of them. Maybe there's other people who, who just think, man, you know what I'll do? I will just get more knowledge. I'll read more of the Bible, what, what Scripture calls doctrine. I, I'll, I'll, I'll learn more about who Jesus is. I'll memorize Bible verses, and I'll, I'll do all of that. And that, just solely by itself, that will get me there. I don't have to do anything else, but if I just accumulate a bunch of knowledge, then I'll be, I'll be good. And there's some other people, too, who think that I just need to have a better experience. Maybe I just need richer emotions. i got to have an experience. Like, i got to go to camp. got to get to a retreat. got to go to D-Now. got to gotta get to Fuge. i got to go these places because if I have these big experiences with God, then that's how I'll get closer to him. And, and for you, maybe you're that, that, that's your, your thing. You know, like that's the thing that you feel like that's where I see growth come. But I love what this author says in this book I've been reading lately. He puts it this way. We, we see growth is always like this up and down, up and down. I got to just continue to grow up, 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 up. And I can measure it, right? Like if I could have a chart and I could start here is where I started with Jesus and now I'm here. And so this dot is higher than that dot. So I have grown, right? I've matured. He says it this way. Growing in Christ is not centrally about improving or adding or experiencing, but it's about deepening. It's about going deeper with Jesus. Christian growth is bringing what you do say and feel into line with what you already have. Here's the reality, that if you are a believer in Christ, that if you have confess your sin and you have repented of your sin and ask the Lord to save you and rescue you as the Lord and Savior of your life, there is something that happens in that moment. It's not just that your sins are forgiven, but God also gives you something. He gives you the Holy Spirit to dwell within you and to help you and to control you so that sin doesn't ever have a hold on you anymore. So here's the good news about this, right, is that you actually have everything you need in order to grow closer to Christ if you're a Christian. If you've done that, if you've done the work of making Christ your Savior, you have everything you need to grow closer to him right now, where you sit. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. You've got everything you need to grow deeper. You don't need to just read more, have better experiences, have great worship sets at church and songs that you like and you can vibe to. You don't need that. What you need is already there for you. Real change occurs because the life of God enters the soul of a man. That's where real change occurs. Real change occurs because the life-giving God enters the soul of a man or a woman. That's huge. That's what it is. Now, does that mean that there's going to be some work involved for you? Absolutely. It doesn't mean that he just takes over and you become robotic and you're like, oh, I'm just going to deepen my faith now. I'm just going to grow. No, it doesn't work like that. There's work involved. But, but do you see that this is so different than what we think it is? And, and I think if we can understand this depth thing, it'll help some of you guys who've been so frustrated lately. Let's read 1 John 2, verses 12 to 14. This is an interesting little passage. It's repetitive. It says some things over and over, and there's a point to that. I'll tell you in a second, but here it goes. First John uh, chapter 2, verse 12. <clears throat> I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. 
and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Now, here's what's really interesting. If you were paying attention or if you see it on the screen behind me, there's some repetition. The father's part, right? It says the exact same thing. I'm writing to you fathers, and I write to you fathers. Why? Because you know him who's from the beginning. Now, there's something interesting that I want you to understand really quickly before we really jump into the meat of what he's talking about here. But in verse 12, when it says, I am writing to you, little children, that is not talking about babies. Okay, that's not talking about a four-year-old or a five-year-old. This is talking about all of God's children. The word that he uses there is a term of endearment, speaking that all those who have surrendered their life to Christ and are Christians, you are little children now, and your sins are forgiven. Why? Because you deserved it? Because you earned it? No. Because God has to save people? Because that's what he has to do? I'm owed that? I messed up, so you got to save me because you're God? Is that why? No. That's not it. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. For his glory. It's all about him. It's, it's he saves you so that you may glorify him in return Give him the glory that he is due. That is why. Not because you earned it. Not because you were good. Not because God looked ahead and thought, oh man, you're going to figure it out one day, so I'll just save you. No, that's not it. He saved you because he himself wanted you to experience his grace so that you could give him glory. That's why you're saved. Now this is good news because this is going to get into more depths of stuff. But here's the truth that you need to figure out or you need to realize is that your sins are forgiven not because of what you've done, but because of who God is huge because that means that your salvation is not hinging on you it's not up to you it's not dependent on you it's on god that's good news this passage is also really good because it's going to talk about levels of spiritual maturity he's not talking as in the letter to children three through seven in the children part and then when he gets to the young men he's not talking about you guys who are like 12 to 18 that's not what he's talking about and he's not talking to fathers he's talking about people who are going through the stages of Christian growth in their spiritual life. That's what he's talking about here, okay? I want you to understand that. But he wants you to understand there's some really great benefits for you guys. Like, if you are a believer in Christ, these things are for you. And, and if you're not, I can't say that they are for you because Christ isn't in you yet. Now, there's still time, there's still hope that if you need to be saved, you reach out, you cry out to God to save you from your sin. And if you do, these things happen in your life. If you're a Christian here tonight, if, if you have surrendered yourself to Christ, here's what he has told you is true for you. Ready? You have knowledge and fellowship with your creator God. Man, that's good. You know God and you can actually fellowship with God. You didn't used to have that, but you do now in Christ. You have victory over the evil one. Man, do you realize that? Like you actually, again, because God has placed life into your soul you have the ability now not because you're great because god is great and strong to overcome the evil one that means you can resist temptation you don't have to give in every time it comes knocking at your door you don't have to you have the strength to stand you've been given the ability to say no to things that the enemy wants you to say yes to and you have victory over him he can tempt you, and yeah, you may stumble and you may fall, but ultimately, he knows he cannot have you because he is going to be defeated once and for all, and you're not his anymore. You belong to Christ. That's good. 
finally, you're strengthened by God's word, which is planted in you. It says in here, it says that, that God's, word, God's word abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. That word abide is like remaining or planting yourself. You're rooted in God's word. God's word actually is in you. You are strengthened by that. That's huge because so many of you guys, you need encouragement. You need something to help you stand. I, I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick little story. And, and, and this has happened literally in the last 48 hours of my life, okay? So I was, I was, in, my, I was in my office. Um, usually I get here before everybody else does. I drop my kids off for school, and it's uh, quiet. Nobody comes into my office because nobody's here yet, okay? Like everybody's in school. They're doing homeroom here. And none of the pastoral staff really gets here until about 9 o'clock. So from 8 to 9, I have the entire, everything on that side of that wall that says together right there, that whole area, that's mine, okay? Like, I stake a claim to it, okay? I brew coffee. It's quiet. I turn on some music. Uh, today, I turned my space heater on because it was frigid in here. Like, they had the AC cranked up. It was like 60 degrees in my office. So I was like, it was just, it was beautiful, guys. I loved it. So I'm sitting in there, right? And I'm having my quiet time where I just spend some time reading scripture by myself. It has nothing to do with what I teach on a Sunday or a Wednesday or any other time. I read what I want to read just to spend time with the Lord for myself, okay? And I was reading in Psalms, and I was reading this psalm, and I literally was sitting there reading it going, okay, I know what this is saying, and right now this does like, I'm not in that, that's not where I'm at right now. Like, like, I get it, okay, like, this is good, and I understood mentally, like, the truth that was in this psalm. I got it, you know? And it's like, almost like, I literally could say, like, got it, check the box. But I was like, I'm just not in. I'm just not in that season of life. Like, I'm. I'm not dealing with that right now. It's not an emotion that I'm dealing with. It's not a spiritual reality that I'm dealing with. I'm not. I'm not struggling with this right now. So, this is good. But maybe I'll just hold on to it for another day. Literally the next day, something happened, and it it was distracting me. It it consumed my thoughts. It was something that I was stressing about. And all of a sudden, I went back and said, that's exactly what that psalm was writing about. That's exactly it. God was preparing me, and I didn't even know it. His word was, was planted in me, and I didn't know why I needed it in that moment, but I was strengthened in that moment to remember his grace through this thing that had happened. I couldn't, I couldn't have known. That what, what came up in the next day, was tol it totally blindsided me. I had not anticipated it, not thought it was going to happen, and all of a sudden, God's word was right there, exactly what I needed. This is good. If you're in Christ, this is for you. Like, this is your experience. You can have this too. Now, I think it's really important as we talk about growing as a Christian, Christian maturity, I want to tell you what it is not, okay? I want to tell you what it, what it does, what it, this is what not to do to be a mature Christian, to be a growing Christian. Okay, ready? This is not what it looks like. Okay, ready? Your Christian maturity, your growth, does not determine your standing in grace before God. Let me explain this, okay? You don't have to be mature to be saved. You can be an immature Christian and be saved. Now, I would not recommend it. It's a very terrible experience. Believe me, I lived it for most of high school and middle school. I was an immature Christian. What does that mean? I didn't know God's word. 
I stressed about little things. I wrestled with, am I really saved over and over and over? I feared, like, this is, I grew up in the time of the whole Left Behind book and movie series. And so I feared that, like, when my parents were not around, I thought, uh-oh, they got, they got raptured and I got left behind. What's going to happen? Like, that's the kind of stuff that went through my mind, all right? It just a wicked place to be, stressed out of all, all, be, all get out. But your growth does not determine your standing as a believer. If you have placed your faith in Christ, you are his. Now, you should grow because healthy things grow. But it does not mean that you are not saved if you're not maturing. That's huge. I could prove that to you from Romans 4, 5, and 8. It's not on the screen. I'll just read it to you. But <clears throat> it says, To the one who does not work but believes in him, Christ, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered, whose sins or transgression are remembered no more by God. God chooses to not remember your sin any longer. So your growth doesn't determine your salvation. It's definitely going to help you know that you are saved. It doesn't determine your salvation. Here's another one. Your growth does not affect God's love for you as a believer. This is huge, okay? Some of you guys may have this in your mind, thinking that God shows love towards certain people because they are maturing in their faith, they're growing in their faith, or how you think that looks. And here you are, and he doesn't love you as much. Like, he wants you to get it together before he can love you as much as he loves this other person. That's not true at all. He loves both people as his children equally. So, so take the most holy, righteous person that you see in your mind, whether that's like Pastor Rob or your mom or dad or whoever, or maybe it's like a sibling, maybe, and then you take yourself. And wherever you think the measurement is in terms of Christian maturity, and there, there is a level, like you may be early in your Christian faith, they may be a little bit further along in their Christian faith, different stage of that faith. But God doesn't love that person or you any differently or any less. That's, that's big. Understand that, that God loves you both the same. This is a big one. Growth, your Christian maturity, is not measured by time or age. I know some students who are under the age of 18 who are more mature than adults who go to this church every week. They're more mature in their faith. They take it more seriously. They love the Lord. They're obedient to God's word. They're humble enough to know when they're wrong. So, so it doesn't, you, you don't get a pass, okay? You don't get to say like, oh, I can't be spiritually mature yet because I just haven't lived long enough. That, that has nothing to do with it. You can grow in spiritual maturity. A new believer can be more spiritually mature than somebody who's been going to church for 12 years. It's true. I've seen it. Some of you guys may know it to be true. So it does not, it's not measured by time or age. You're, you're, the length of time that you have been a believer does not necessarily mean that you have matured. There's a, there's a, huge, there's a huge point of this. 1 Corinthians 3, chapter, or chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Basically, Paul is saying, I can't even address you people in that church that he was writing that letter to because they were so stuck in their flesh and sin. They were believers, but he just, he's like, you're, you're giving yourself up to so much sinful stuff that I can't even address you as spiritual people. I, I can't. I, I can't apply the things that I want to apply because you're not applying God's word to your life. So don't let age or time measure your growth. Growth is not related to your amount of Bible knowledge. 
There are plenty of people who have a thorough knowledge of this book, and yet they don't actually put it into their lives. And they're not spiritually mature. That's spiritually immature. That's puffed up. That's arrogant. That's foolish. That's not mature. Just to know a lot of information that's in this book. Growth is not measured by the amount of service you give. This is a big one. A lot of people think that, man, they must be really mature in their faith or they're a really good Christian. You notice I put air quotes on that because they're a good Christian because they just serve all the time in the church. Like every time the church is here, man, open. Like they're just serving. They're in the sound booth. They're, they're on the stage. They're, they're, they're leading connect groups. They're doing all this stuff. I mean, that does not make one mature. That alone. Busyness doesn't mean that you're mature in your faith. I know plenty of people who just serve and serve and serve, and yet they don't have a foundation knowing enough about Jesus to actually be in a place where they're secure in their faith. They're just, they're serving because they're serving at a place where they think they have to. Here's a perfect example. You've got sisters, Mary and Martha, right? And they're hosting dinner for Jesus. And you've got one sister running around, setting the table, serving the disciples, making all the food, and just going crazy, cleaning the house, doing all this stuff, trying to get it in order. And then you have another sister who literally is watching her sister do all of the work in the house. And what does she do? She sits down at the feet of Jesus and just talks to him and listens to him. And the one sister who's cleaning up and cooking and doing all the work in the house, serving, she comes up and says, Jesus, what, what's going on? And like, she's, she's literally watching me do all this, and you're not going to say anything to her? Like, tell her to help me. And some of you guys are like, yeah, come on, Jesus, throw some smack down here. Just tell her what to do. What does Jesus say? She chose the better thing. She chose the better thing, to sit and be with me rather than to run around and serve. Christian maturity doesn't mean that you serve a ton. Don't measure it by the amount that somebody serves. Now, I want you to understand that all of those things, you have to be a believer in order to grow, obviously. And as a believer, you should be growing. God's love for you is not measured by your maturity, but you'll experience God's love in a fresher way the more you mature. You should grow in your knowledge of the scriptures, and you should apply it as part of maturity. And as a mature believer, you'll see that, man, it's not about me, it's about others, it's about Christ, and so I want to serve. These things are natural. What I'm saying is that there's a lot of people who just measure their maturity by one of these things. Maybe it's your age, or maybe it's, oh, I've been in church all my life, so I must be a mature Christian. Nah, that's not true. But if you're in church your whole life, and you're actually doing the things and worshiping in church, you might be maturing as a Christian. That is good. Here's what Christian maturity really is. Ready? Simple definition for you. Spiritual growth results from the process of taking in God's truth, believing it, and applying it. Really simple. It's real simple. Take in God's truth, believe it, and apply it in your life. That's Christian maturity. If you read scripture, you apply it because you believe it, you're going to grow closer to Christ. You're going to be more like him. You're going to experience him in newer, fresher ways. When John writes this, he, he gives you three categories. He calls children, men, or excuse me, young men and fathers. I want you just to think about this real quick. I just put this together in a, a quick little diagram for you so you can kind of understand what this looks like. When he says children, think about a young child, right? Young children, they need, they need constant reassurance, right? Like young children are scared of tiny little things. I still, you know, my kids are a little older, 
okay? Like my older two still to this day though. When it's nightfall, it's like going up to a level of the house without some other person up there is terrifying to them. They, they need the reassurance, right? The, there was another night where we were all home and my wife was away and she was coming home and the garage door didn't make a sound because we were on the other side of the house. They didn't hear the garage door go up, but they heard one of our door chimes for our alarm system go off that somebody had walked into the house. And all three of my kids looked at me and said, are you sure that's mom? We didn't hear the garage. I said, yeah, you won't hear because you're on the other side of the house and her garage door is newer. So it's really quiet. Mine is janky and it's old and like it sounds literally like a chainsaw when it comes up and down. So you can hear it no matter where you are in the house. You probably hear it in my neighbor's house. But in our house, when she opens her garage door, it's very quiet. But that doorbell opened up and they were like, are you sure that's mom? Are you, sh- are you sure? They wouldn't go downstairs to greet her. They stayed upstairs until I said, come with me, go downstairs, it's her. I opened the basement door, and there she is coming up the steps, and she's like, I need some help. I had a bunch of groceries in my hand. Could you guys help me? Yeah, sure, we're coming down to help you. That's what took her so long to come up the steps. I didn't know she had groceries, by the way, so don't, don't judge, okay? But, but that's, that's why my kids need reassurance. Young kids need reassurance. They need safety, right? Because young kids can't defend themselves. Young kids need protection, They need to know that everything's going to be okay. Listen, this is not just physically young kids. Some of you guys, you might be in this category spiritually. You came to know the Lord. You haven't grown. And I'm not saying you came to know the Lord recently, because that goes against the whole age stage thing that I talked about a second ago. But but you just haven't grown a lot in your faith in the Lord. You've been kind of just sitting kind of in this one little spot. You haven't really dived in. I was trying to say driven, but dived into the depths of who God is. You haven't, you haven't really gotten in deep. So you're just kind of at that child stage spiritually. So, so this is what God is saying to you. This is why when John says this, he says, I'm writing to you because you know the Father. He's giving you reassurance. He's giving you the safety and the comfort. No, you know God. He knows you. You are his. Maybe you need to be reminded of that this evening. Do you, you spiritual child, you haven't grown yet. You haven't developed your faith yet. You're still in that child's spot. You're a child of God. You need the reassurance and the safety and the protection knowing you are his. Maybe, maybe you have grown a little bit. And you've kind of you've navigated a little further on in your walk with Christ. And you've matured a little past childish things. You're getting there, right? When I think of young men, I, I think of energetic people. They need direction still. They still need some guidance. But they're energetic. They're ready to take on a fight, right? They're ready to just do whatever is necessary. They're placed in the middle of the action. Maybe that's you right now. You're energetic. You've grown in your faith a little bit, and you just you want to be placed in the middle of, your, of the action. You want to start to, to start to share your faith more. You want to start serving more. Maybe that's where you're at. You just need a little bit of direction. For young men, what John says here is you are strong not because of how great you are, not because you've done a lot of work to get to that stage of your Christian life, but because God abides in you. What I, what I know is still, I would consider myself a young man, hopefully, at this age. I think demographics might tell you otherwise, but I still think of myself as a, quite a young man. I still have a lot of energy. I like to be in the middle of things. I like to do stuff. I like to work. I like to be busy, right? I think for me, what I know is that I still need to be humble. I don't know it all. I ain't got it all figured out. 
This is not just for the guys in here. This is for the ladies too. Like if you have been walking with the Lord and you've seen some growth in your relationship with him, your faith has deepened, your, your understanding of Jesus, and, and, and you're changing, you're, you're starting to do the things that his word says, humble yourself. Stay humble. You still need some direction. Listen to others like the fathers of this passage. There are spiritual fathers that have been growing in their relationship with Christ, faithfully walking with him. And yeah, sure, they still stumble and they fall. They're not perfect. They stumble, they mess up, but they are growing in their relationship with with Christ to a point where they've been doing it for years and they are reflective. They have a depth and a maturity of their faith. You know why they have that reflectiveness? Because they've walked through different experiences and seen God's faithfulness time and time again. There's a spiritual maturity to that. Some of you guys, you, you could be a spiritual father in terms of some things because you've experienced a lot of things in a short amount of time, and you've grown in a short amount of time. You've attached yourself to Christ in a short amount of time. You're calm in difficult circumstances, your experience, you trust and believe. This is what I think is really cool about this, if you think about it. In each of these, believe, obey, and love is the mantra we keep pounding into your heads with First John, right? If you believe, that's the child stage. Learn the gospel. Learn the basics. Understand more of who Jesus is. Learn what he says and apply it to your life. If you're a young man, you're at that, that kind of that middle stage of growth in your spiritual walk, then now you've learned those things, but you've got to apply those things. You've got to apply the gospel to your life. You need to obey. Finally, if you're at that last stage where it kind of shows up is that you're showing the gospel to others because you are loving people. Do you see how it just all fits together? Believe, obey, love. Learn the gospel. Apply the gospel. Show the gospel. That, that, that's really it. That's the Christian life. It's boiled down to really simple things. And guess what? You don't just graduate to one and then forget the others. It's a rotation. You keep doing it. You continue to learn the gospel. You continue to believe Jesus. You continue to obey what he's calling you to do. And you continue to show the gospel to others in love. It's a cycle, and the more you get on that cycle, the more mature you're going to be. Let me finish with this last bit of encouragement, then we're done, okay? Here's some things that I've noticed about this from my own life. When you are trying to grow closer to Christ, here are some things that I think are really practical that will be helpful. Number one, be patient with yourself, okay? You, we, as sinful people, we are complicated creatures. We're complicated. We get it right one day. And the next day, you'd be like, where is that person? That person's long gone. You ever heard of the whole, like, you take one step forward and two steps back? That, that, that's kind of what we are as believers. We take one step forward, and then sometimes we fall backwards like three steps on our butt. It's like, what happened? I thought we were moving into a direction here. Be patient with yourself, okay? God's very patient with you. He's not in a rush. Now, I, I like what one, this is not my own words, it's somebody else, but there's an urgency to this. You urgently want to get to be more like Christ, but you don't try to rush it. There's a difference. You can be urgent. You ever seen, like, when, you know, first responders get into a situation, they urgently enter into a flaming building, right? If a building is on fire, they, they don't just stand around and go, yeah, uh, what do you think? Like, maybe we should talk about this for a bit. Like, hey, let's, 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 uh, let's have a... One hour discussion about the best way to fight that fire before we jump into this building. They, they look around, they plan, but they urgently enter in once they know what they've got to do. They don't, they don't hurry right in without a plan, right? They're urgent. So there's a balance here. Be urgent to grow closer to Christ, but don't be in a hurry. 
be patient with yourself. Understand that slow change is real change. Some of you guys, you, you just want, you want to just be totally different immediately. Listen, the Christian life is, is a slow growth of dying to self and living in Christ. Dying to self, living in Christ. And again, it, it's a lot of that. Take a couple steps forward and you fall backwards a bit. So be patient with yourself and then also realize that slow change is still change. It's good. It's good that there's some change. Last one. Believe that Christ wants to grow your faith. Jesus wants you to know him more. He wants you to be more like him. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to like put this goal out there for you and act like you'll never attain this and be like, <laughs> you'll never catch me. That's not the game he's about. And, and I'll prove it to you in two of my favorite verses and we're done. First Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. He's faithful. He will surely do this. He will sanctify you. He will mature you. Philippians 1.6. I am sure of this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. If he started this work in you, he'll see it through to the end. To the end of time. To the day of Jesus Christ. God wants you to know him more. He doesn't want to play hide and go seek where he hides and you have to try and figure out and find him to grow closer to him. He wants you to grow your faith and be more like him. Do you believe that? Do you trust him that that's what he says? Take him at his word because as we said before, Christian maturity believes these things about the gospel, obeys these things, and then loves other people and shows the gospel. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that there are some in here who recognize maybe where they're at on this spectrum of spiritual growth. Maybe they really haven't walked in depth with you yet, and they're still kind of a child in their spiritual life. God, may you, they recognize tonight that they are still loved by you equally, that you want to reassure them of your goodness and your faith, your mercy, your forgiveness. All those things still apply to them. Will you reassure those who are still in that child stage where they walk with you? For others who are maybe a little bit further along in that walk with you, Lord, they're at that young, that young man stage where they're, they're ready, they're, they're energetic, they want to get involved, they want to, to do things. God, may you remind them of the humility it takes to apply the things that you tell us to do, to obey your word. Father, for others who may be further along, even from there, and they're reflective and they're, they've seen your faithfulness, they are, they are steady in the midst of crisis, God, may they continue to love others and show the gospel to other people. God, may you just help us to see where we're at and be honest with ourselves. And then, Lord, may we desire with an urgency, not to hurry, but an urgency to grow into the depths of your love for us, to understand you more. Kind of like that iceberg image that we showed at the beginning, God, to, to get down into the depths of who you are. We'll never get to the end of your grace goodness and your love and God so for that we are excited to learn more about you to be more